Welcome back to another week, another show. When Women Speak with Shirley K. I am your host, Shirley King. When Women Speak is sponsored by Life on Power in the brand. What if she knew she was powerful? Listen, I know uh, y'all know what I'm about to say. I say it every time, but I really mean it every time. And I really mean it this time. We have a fire, fire guest on the show for this week. Mrs. Joan Wright Good. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, but I don't want to take up a whole lot of time with her bio because when we get into it, you're going to understand. Dr. Joan Wright Good is an international speaker, preacher, business coach, best-selling author, and award-winning CEO who specializes in training and teaching the art of being who you were created to be. She's the founder and creative director of the Business Mogul Academy, teaches, coaches, and helps students and clients start businesses and publish books. In her role as CEO and founder of JWG Publishing House, she writes and publishes books and magazines. The story of her rise from the ashes after sexual and physical abuse, dropping out of high school due to teen pregnancy and living on the streets is a compelling reminder of God's grace. His purpose will always outweigh our pain. Joan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so, uh, I wanna say grateful, but I'm grateful and I'm happy at the same time to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Like, like Joan is um, amazing. You will find that out in the middle of this show. And <laughs> let's get started because she has a lot to say. It's not that she just has a lot to say. Joan drops these wisdom gems that you have to catch. You have to catch them when she drops them. So like I always say, where is your journal? Where are your pens? You need to be ready to get these gems. <laughs> Joan, we're going to start off with the show is is women and speak is is strategies that amplify the voices of women. And our first question is, what does it mean for you, Joan, when you hear the statement, find her voice? I think that is such a big statement. And one would think when you talk about finding your voice, you're actually uh, talking about someone speaking. But for me, when a woman finds her voice, she don't even have to speak. Her very presence, her power, uh, her boldness, her confidence is really what speaks. You will find women who found their voice, even in the Bible, from just their actions. When you look at the woman with the issue of blood, she was an interrupter. So someone who finds their voice is someone who interrupt norms. Uh, she was in her condition for 12 years. Uh, she spent 12 years of money on doctors who couldn't help her. Uh, no Dr. Fauci couldn't help her. Uh, nobody could help her. Uh, 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 she couldn't go into the public for 12 years. She couldn't sit with anybody for 12 years. She was rejected and abandoned for 12 long years. And so when she received her healing, she didn't have to say a word. She just interrupted the norm. So for me, when a woman finds her voice, she goes against the grid. She goes against everything that will block her from her inheritance because she understands that I can create a new norm. I can create a, a, a new future by just standing in my power. And sometimes standing in your power will mean that you have to get low. You have to crawl. But at the end of the day, when you crawl towards the right thing, 
the right thing will meet you and tell you to stand up. So for me, that, that's what it means when the Bible talks about uh, a woman gaining her voice. If you look also at the woman who was at the well, she shouldn't have been there. The thing is, these women, they interrupted Jesus' ag agenda. Jesus was on his way to go he uh, heal Jairus' daughter, right? Yes. And Jesus stopped because this interrupter decided to touch him. And you, you remember Jesus said, who touched me? Because everybody, there was a whole crowd. And everybody who touched him, right? Nobody was able to get virtue out of him. But because mm. this woman position, her touch was different. Her touch drew something out of him. It was the same thing again with the woman at the well. Nobody spoke to her because she was an outcast. She, you know, mm -hmm. she was sleeping with everybody and nobody wanted to touch her. But she, Jesus interrupted his journey to where he was going to stop in the cool of the day because he knew that a woman who was about to find her voice was going to stop at the well. So when it comes up, when it comes down to women finding their voices, you don't have to be loud. You don't have to say a lot of words. You just have to know your power and your position. And when you know your power and your position, then that will lead you into purpose. Know your power and your position. And you said yeah. this word like uh, at least 20 times in this response. <laughs> they are interrupters. Interrupters. They interrupted their new norms and their yeah. future. They create, totally created a future and a new norm for yeah. themselves. That's what it means to find your voice. Because everybody who's talking don't have a voice. And everybody who's talking ain't communicating. And everybody who's communicating ain't delivering a message. So just because you're talking don't mean you have a voice. Audience, what did I just tell you? <laughs> this is a fire, fire guess. She said everybody who's talking ain't communicating. I know. It's not it, good English. Y'all know. It, we got it. We, we needed that ain't in there. In order to get this word across, Something, everybody yeah, was talking, ain't communicating, it ain't saying nothing. <laughs> when you use a Queen's English, some things don't come across the same. You know, you got to use a ghetto English. Yeah, it sounds, you get it, get it. <laughs> we reaching everybody. <laughs> we leave no woman behind at the When Women Speak <laughs> show. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Joe, thank you for like coming in like a wind, coming right in at the start of this. You know, and as we talk about it, these experiences of finding our voice and amplifying our voices, then that's not to say that we had to have experiences where we didn't have a voice. And there this is go. where I asked the guest, Joan, that, you know, if we know who we are, that means that we've had a lot of those experiences. Yes. So I would ask if you would share with our guests a voiceless experience that you have had. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's so many. There's so many. I think one of the most poignant one that I can think of, and, and this, this one I don't share a lot. As many of you know who know me, I have so many different testimonies. I'm like, God, I'm like the student who never graduates because he keep pulling me back in the room like, okay. <laughs> so I have a whole bunch of testimonies, but I remember years ago when I had joined this new church. I had recommitted my life to Christ. So I got saved at the age of seven. And mm -hmm. as you know, going through high school, college, you always kind of want to be like the cool kids. So mm -hmm. you don't want to show your faith. So I had backslidden a little bit. And I remember I came back to the fold and re recommitted my life to Christ. And I had mm -hmm. joined a church. And when I was 11 years old, I was raped by an adult. And so mm -hmm. that 
that experience that kind of warped my mind. I didn't know or understand what love looked like. You know, I, I, I didn't understand the concept, didn't grow up with a mm-hmm. father, broken family, the whole nine yards. And so I remember joining this church and, you know, and this is why I, even though I'm, I'm prophetic in nature, I'm very mm-hmm. careful, very careful. And I'm one of those people who actually will confront prophets who are lying prophets because, mm-hmm. you know, version, they'll tell you, uh, give your life to Christ. Everything's going to be better. You're going to have more money. You know, you're going to get the husband that God has for you. So in your mind, you're thinking, okay, once I give God everything, then everything's going to be okay. That's mm-hmm. not goes. That's, that's not, that's just a song that we like to sing. But as a biblical believer, when you give your life to Christ, you have more problems because God uses problems to mature us. He uses yes. problems to keep us close to him. He uses problems to allow us, the Bible talks about uh, in this present time, the, the things that we will encounter, they're not uh, compared to what we will encounter in heaven. So he's allowing you to understand that you have to bear the cross like he did. That's yes. the only way you'll be regenerated. That's and right. so in church, yeah, they teach salvation, but they never teach you that there's a whole process. There's salvation, mm-hmm. there's sanctification. Um, there's regeneration. Uh, you know, there's so many different steps that you have to go through before you become a developed and mature disciple. And so, yeah. you know, I'm happy and I'm believing all the things that I'm told. So uh, this young man who was a pastor armor bearer at the time, I remember he was taking me home after church one day and he came into, after he dropped me off, he came into my house and, you know, tried to push up himself on me and literally tried to rape me. And so mm. I, yeah, the mm, next day, Jesus. I, Yes, I called the pastor and I, I told him what happened. And I heard the pastor say, not again. So I was like, not again. Uh, this was obviously a behavior that that young man had and nobody mm. did anything about it. Nobody did anything about it. And I remember when I spoke up, right, finding my voice, I spoke up and mm-hmm. I was ostracized. It was almost as if, Oh, since I'm the new person in the church, I was the one who came on to him or I was the one who wasn't ladylike. And and, mm. know, and yes, and in that, I remember, yeah, I remember that thing muzzled me to the point where I couldn't even praise God. I, I, I felt so ashamed in myself. I couldn't worship because I thought everybody knew about it and everybody's eyes was on me. And so in that moment, I lost my voice. I became mm. muzzled. I started seeing God as how I saw the other leaders in the church. And a lot of times people lose their way because they equate God and his decision to the leaders who make mistakes in church. And so instead of leaving the church and finding God somewhere else, they leave God altogether. Mm-hmm. Um that's, that's one moment that came to mind when you're talking about an experience that I lost my voice. It took me a very long time to realize and understand that God is not like man. And God is not like my father who left. God is not like the people who rejected me. God is not, he, you know, he, he's not like humans. And so when I came into that understanding of who he is, that was when I was able to release people regain my confidence and my power and said, you know what? 
you're not going to shut me down. I'm not going to be like Abigail. You tried to do this thing to shut me down, but you know what? I'm not going to be silenced. And from ever since anything that happened to me, that's, I mean, even when I was going through my, my first divorce, when I wrote my book, I was the only one who was bold enough to leave a marriage that was abusive, right? Mm -hmm. And um, all adultery and write a book about my deliverance and about some of the things that nobody was doing that in, in as a matter of fact people came against me but because i knew my voice then i said i would not be silenced and that was the book that, that my entire business was built on that one Whoa. book my first shared my testimony and decided that i will not be silenced that's the book that was the vehicle that led me to a seven figure business because I decided that nobody else would take my voice. And you use your voice in the book and you, oh. and you reveal some things in that book that nobody thought that you would yeah. even reveal. And the, the, the grace and healing part about it is that when we reveal the hard things mm -hmm. that one time, it, it, it's, it's reciprocal hundreds of times. Exactly. And we cannot be ashamed of our stories because, uh, you know, Jesus said to Peter, when you've been delivered, when, it means God will always be delivering you from something. He says, go strengthen the brethren, right? How will people hear without a preacher or a teacher? Mm -hmm. Sometimes use your experience because People aren't reading the Bible these days. They cannot relate. A lot of people think the Bible is myth and fables. And so, some, so sometimes they can't relate. But when they see, when they see a Sarah in you who you can't wait on God, so you're trying to do the miracle yourself and then get yourself in trouble. When they see a real Sarah, when they see a real Abigail, when they see a real Deborah, when they see a real person, right, mm -hmm. who has through these these experiences and have held on to God when they see a real three Hebrew boy uh someone standing in the middle of a fire and saying you know what even if God does not deliver me I will not bow I will not go another way people you are the living walking epistle and so people are looking at us as the hand and feet of God in the earth right and so we yes. have to be the new Bible and that's what people are looking to so you have to tell your story you can't be ashamed of that thing because the enemy will use the shameful places in your testimony to keep you quiet and keep you silent. That's why a lot of people commit suicide because they believe nobody will believe them. They believe nobody else has gone through this experience. And if you ever notice, once somebody opens their mouth about a situation, so many people start coming forth. Oh my God, that happened to me. That happened to me. That happened Absolutely. to me. What if you had remained quiet? So many people, Shirley, are story sitting is not on, for you. It's not for you. And the thing is, so many people are sitting on their six and seven and eight figures, nine figures, because they're afraid to tell their story. Yes. And they get to the seven, eight, nine figures, Joan, because what I just said, your story is not for you. Someone it's picks not. it up. And when they, someone picks it up in, and, and women, we do have this innate ability to want mm -hmm. to share the good thing, to want to yeah. share the things that we have come in contact with. What do they do? Mm -hmm. They tell somebody else or they yes. buy three and four because yeah. they want to share with someone yeah. else that this you can recover from this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the woman at the well. She said, come see a man. 
<laughs> that told me all things, you know, mm-hmm. when you find some, you don't want to keep that to yourself. You don't. Oh, John, we'll, we'll, thank you. <laughs> we'll share hair care secrets and, and, uh, and we're afraid to share our testimony. What? No. <laughs> what? You, you got it. <laughs> no. We tell you all the way, all the clothes that and where to get them and all of that. But without telling our secrets, that would help someone else. That would help somebody else. So you're making other people rich. Do you know how many people we've made rich? Sharing the information, how to get your edges, how to get the this to pop. And you never stop to say, maybe if I share my own story, you know, or innovate a product that I could share as well. I could be, I could be getting some of Jeff Bezos' money, you know. But absolutely. Yeah. He's 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 but yeah. a man. That's it. He's, he's a man. But- That's it. There you go. There you go. Oh, thank you, Joan. Oh, this has been good. And we're not even about halfway through, Joan. Thank you so much. But but we can't talk about being voiceless and finding without talking about the the wonderful part of why the voices of women and the values of women should even matter in this world, Joan. Oh, wow. I mean, that is that is so plain because God values our voice. God values our voice. You know what? And you know, I'm always going to take this back to the Bible. Uh, yes. when, the enemy, when the enemy deceived Eve in the garden, that was purposeful. It was trying to, it was trying to cause women uh, to be muzzled. It was mm. trying to women to be muzzled, right? And when the curse came in, it was the same thing. But when Jesus went into the garden of Gethsemane, right? Yes. And when mm-hmm. he, when he Father, he restored us to the place where we were supposed to be originally. And so God has given us back our voice. We're no longer silent. That's why our voices are important. David, if you notice David, David, when he made good decisions was because his wife, Abigail, gave him good counsel. The day he started to his wife was when he start when he started look, looking sideways. Uh, our voices are so important in the earth realm. All up and down Bible, God has used women when 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 Pilate, you know, that's why he washed his hand. His wife said to him, "Don't touch that innocent man. Don't touch him." You know, our voices are so important in the earth realm. And when when people, when businesses, corporations, uh, husbands, uh, children, uh, all everybody involved realize the importance of a woman's voice, her voice print in the earth realm uh, creates things. Our voice print, it has frequencies that allow sounds to be audible, that allows decisions to be made clearer. Uh, uh, There's so much to be said about the voice of a woman and why it is important for for us to not just elevate our voices, but to make sure that the words that we are saying are the words that are divinely connected to the assignment and the will of God in this time. God could use anything in anybody, right? Yes. Anything in anybody to bring mm-hmm. forth the Messiah. He chose a woman. He chose a woman. I mean, he could have, he's God. He could have just come down yeah. like an angel, right? He chose a woman uh, because we are very instrumental in the earth realm and in the plan of God. So, so yeah, our voice, I mean, any woman who understands, as I mentioned, her power, her position, mm-hmm that her, her voice has so much uh, assignment on it. And in this day and age, God is putting a demand, a demand on our voice print 
He's putting a demand on our purpose. He's putting a, a demand on our assignments. And so the onus is on us to stand up to the demand, stand up to the cause, stand up to the call, uh, because we are needed for such a time as this. Stand up to the cause and the call. And the, yep. Yep. Joan, I love how you how you describe our voice. You said voice print. And I've never right. heard that before. Of course, we've heard of footprints, right? You said mm -hmm. voice print. And our voice print is in the earth realm. It's our voice print. It's like the footprint. The footprint, it leaves evidence. It leaves clues of who or what was here. Your voice print will leave evidence that God was here. It will leave proof. It will leave a legacy. Normally, when we talk about Maya Angelou, uh, we don't talk about how she looked. We don't talk about what, what, what she drove. We talk sure about don't. her words. We talk about how she impacted the world. That's what our voice print does. It leaves a legacy. It leaves a trail. When you read Proverbs and all the, all, all, all the advices uh, that, that, uh, Solomon's mom gave him. When we talk about, mm -hmm. see, everyone talks about a Proverbs 31 woman, but nobody mm -hmm. realizes a, a, a mother who's given sound advice to her son as to the type of woman that he's supposed to choose. That happened how many years ago? But her voice print is still left in the earth for a woman to understand that this is the mirror that you look at when you want to be such a woman that is called for an assignment. It's not some, everybody's print, Proverbs 31. You see, we think it's a slogan, but mm -hmm. this is a prophetic word from a mother to her son. It's a prophetic word. And so this is what we need to understand that our voice, it carries decibels and symbols and assignment. It has purpose on it. It's anointed. It's that you can't take your words carelessly. You can't just, you know, sp speak things just out of, uh, out, out of air. You have to make sure that you are agreeing with the things of heaven when you speak as a woman, because guess what? Mm. God is going us responsible for every word that comes out of our mouth he's going to hold us responsible and this is why he has given us that assignment we have to be accountable to the assignment of our voice if we are going to be women with voices and women who are using their voices to lead in in, in this dispensation I, I know if you listen to this recording whether you listen to it a year <laughs> later six months later you done stopped and started stopped and started because it's so much to make sure that you get in your journal joan that was phenomenal um hearing about our voice print like i'm that has that right there is i've got to write something about that because i'm a i'm a writer too when i get off i gotta write something about that that is i've never heard the voice print and mm -hmm. our decibels and how we've been given so much that yeah. we're in charge of as well. Yes. And so <laughs> as we, you talk about legacy and our voice print, yeah. and we talked about how, what women are meant for this world, mm -hmm. you know, there's going to be a time we leave a lot of places, we show up and we're here and we have to be, we have to impact in a lot of ways, Joan. And so mm -hmm. what, what does it mean for you? The statement itself, the statement is leaving with her voice. Mm -hmm. We've had guests to convey so many meanings with that mm -hmm. statement, but what does that phrase mean for you leaving with your voice? What does that convey for you, Joan? Oh, that's, that, that's another big one. Leaving, not leading, leaving, right? Yes. Yes. Leaving, leaving. leaving her voice. 
for me, my thing, I, I, I would look at the flip side of that. I would look at the flip side of that. Do we really want to leave with our voice? Because when we leave this world, when we leave a room, everywhere that we leave, we're supposed to empty ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if you empty yourself, do you really want to leave with your voice? Uh, that's the question that I would ask. But if, I mean, I think I know where you're going from when you say leave with your voice, meaning that whatever traumatic situation, any situation or assignment that does not serve you, then you should actually leave with your voice, leave with your power, leave with your yes. uh, position in Christ. So that's why I say I would look at both sides. Uh, you, you should always uh, make sure that you take with you the, the, the you, you know, when people are going on a journey, especially hiking, right? Mm -hmm. They don't take fancy clothes. They don't take, you know, jewelry. They take the essentials. And mm -hmm. so you're voice, your power is your essential. When you're leaving anything that does not serve you, take the essential and the essential is your power and your power is your voice. Never allow anyone to diminish you to the place where you're left to a whisper because when you whisper, uh, your power is diminished. When you whisper, people have to come closely. They have to strain. You don't want people to strain to see who you are if you're light and salt. You don't want people to have to strain their vision uh, to, to, to try to, what is she saying? Who is she? No, if we are images of God, the Bible talks about imitating Christ. And I said this on another interview. If you look at imitators, if you look at magicians, if you look at people who come on Saturday Night Live and other things, when they're imitating past presidents and imitating uh -huh. favorite actors, uh, uh -huh. sometimes you close your eyes, you don't even know if it's the real person talking or the imitator. That's where Christ wants us that we will imitate him to the point where when people are blind, when people are lost, when they see us and hear us, they hear Christ. They don't know the difference. And if you allow something or someone to take your power, you can't be a true imitator of Christ. When people oh. look, they they won't see what God deposited in you. They'll see a shell of what you're supposed to be. And if you're a shell and they're a shell, then that won't work. You are supposed to be the light, the salt of the earth, a light, a city. The Bible talks about a city on a hill. A city is a place of transaction. A city is a place that gives resources. A city is a place where people go to when there is famine where they are. And so, again, if you lose your power and your voice, you can't be that city. You can't be all of God wants to uh, uh, call you to be. So, yeah, you, you have to make sure you exit Sodom. You exit every situation yes. that don't serve you with your voice, with your voice. But then when you're operating in your power, you want to make sure that you leave that place empty. You have to serve all of you. You have to you. Th there's a statement that says you are as good as your last performance. Uh, when people when people describe you, when people talk about you, you should they should always have that last indelible mark in on their mind that says, "Oh my God, she was this, she was that." And to have that, you have to leave empty. You have to pour all of it out. Uh, this is why I talk like I talk when I have interviews. I don't know if I'm going to get another one. You know, I I, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So I have to leave. I have to take all of me and pour that out. So whoever comes and listen to this podcast or wherever it's going to be there, you know, if they're 
in a place where they're not supposed to be, they can say, oh my God, I get a message. If they're in darkness, they can see the light. You know, wherever they are, they'll be impacted because uh, Shirley decided to stand in her power and use her voice to get other like-minded women to stand in their power as well. So I, I like to talk from the two angles. And I love that you talk from the two angles because we usually we this is I think this is the first time we've had a guest talk from the two from the two angles. So you talk about when you do have to leave and you do have to exit, don't exit in a whisper. Take no. your essentials with you. But if it's somewhere that you have to leave that you mm -hmm. that that you were supposed to be at, give it all away. Give all it all away. away. Because true all fulfillment, away. it does not allow you to be empty. True fulfillment. So giving it all away doesn't mean that you're going to be empty when you leave. It means that you gave them what you should have given them while you were there. And you still left with your with your voice. You still left with your powerful voice. Yes. Because it's in the room with them. It's in the room with them. <laughs> Joan, you gave it all in this little time frame. I cannot believe that we're at the end of this segment. Like you gave so much in this time frame and we didn't even get to everything, which is what we, which is what's supposed to happen. We're supposed to give so much that we finally just get to the time frame and you guys get to mull over everything yeah. that was given. You get to replay, you get to rewind and you get to go back to it as much as you need to get back to it. Yeah. Joan, I'm going to ask you to leave our guests with mm -hmm. whatever you want to leave them with a word, an inspiration, whatever it is. Leave our guests mm -hmm. with something that they can take with them after listening to this podcast, after this episode. All right. There's if there's one thing that I would want to say to the women listening, don't pay attention to those who unsubscribe from your mailing list. And I'm not talking about the natural mailing list. Don't pay attention to the people who exit because they weren't supposed to be a part of the transition. Don't allow those who exit to make you think that your elevation is not on, um, on trajectory. I use the example of David. David was not even um, invited to his own coronation. They came to crown a king and David was in the field. They totally disregarded him. They thought that it could never be him. And so this coronation was happening and the true king wasn't there. Just because you're not where it's happening doesn't mean that you're not called. Because it's not what men put on you. It's not what they give you or not give you that make you call. You were created, called, and appointed. And so if you look at people's uh, abandonment and rejection of your calling, right, and, and think that, okay, the elevation is going to be held up, then you are going to self-sabotage. You are going to be the person who blocks your own blessing. So stop mm -hmm. Those who unsubscribe from your mailing list, your spiritual mailing list, your business mailing list, and look at those who stayed because God don't need the crowd. He only needs 10%. Gideon needed 3,000. God needed 10%. Okay. I needed uh, uh, the earth. The earth needed a king. God needed a prophet. Hannah needed a son. God needed a prophet. It's what God wants. And so do not, do not eliminate yourself from your elevation because you're looking at the faces of men. Do not be bothered when they unsubscribe. <laughs> and she ain't talking about your mailing list. <laughs>
Joan, what a word to end with. What a word to end with. Joan, how do our listeners reach you? Whether they find you on social media, website, how do they look for you and find you? Okay, so I'm Joan Wright Good on all social media platforms. Dr. Joan Wright Good on Facebook. My my personal website is Joan Wright Good. So you can you may have imagined I'm in branding and marketing. So you have to keep it, <laughs> you have to keep it omnipresent, right? My business website is businessstartupacademy.live, L-I-V-E. And when you go there, you'll see everything that I do. I do business coaching and mentorship. And I'm having, I'm gonna be doing a writing and publishing cohorts soon because I'm doing an anthology book. So if you're in business and you want to share in this anthology book, hit me up 561-412-7772 or send me a message or DM. And I think that's it. I have a new book out. Make sure you go and grab my new book, The Miseducation of Widowhood. It's 10 things every wife should know about managing, coping, and dealing with the journey. And guess what? It's not just for widows. It's for women on the whole. So that's where you can find me. Follow me on Instagram, Joan Wright Good. And there they'll see, you'll see all of the other businesses that I have that you should follow. The publishing company, the marketing company, the magazine. Yeah, I leverage. I do a lot. (laughs) (laughs) She does, but she does it so intentionally, which is why I am connected to Joan Wright Good. (laughs) This has been another episode of When Women Speak with Shirley K. Sponsored by Life on Power in the brand, What If She Knew She Was Powerful. It is produced by Build Your Vision Podcast. The owner is Cleavon Davis. Thank you for joining us and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the When Women Speak Podcast on the Live Podcast Network.